What's up, everybody? Alex here with my co-host, Sean. What's up, guys? Listen, before we get the podcast started again this week, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. We appreciate it. Do you appreciate it? Uh, yeah, kind of. So, if you really want to support the podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button below. Hit the notification bell. Click on his face a couple of times if you want. Please share the podcast with your friends if you guys dig it. The more it gets around there, the more it helps us. And don't forget to check out our sponsors. If you look at the description below, if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll get all the promo codes and the hookup to all the cool gear like Choke Aloha, Jiu-Jitsu Soapco, and Giraffe Choke. So why don't you go show some love to our sponsors as well. Listen, this episode we're super stoked about but before we talk about that episode, we just want to remind you to make sure you are following us because this weekend, Sunday, August 30th, we will be live streaming and commentating the King of Combat Grappling Tournament. It's going to be super fights involving guys from Bellator, Bare Knuckle Boxing, PFL. <clears throat> We're also going to have some combat jujitsu. Slap, slap and grapple. Oh, there's going to be... I love slap and grapple. It's one of my favorite things. We're going We're gonna to get some, some Wagner Rocha style slaps to the face. There's going to be some amazing uh, matches. Um, I think there's a couple more people getting added. So the only way you can watch it is by following us on YouTube and also checking us out on Fight TV this weekend, Sunday, August 30th. Get it here first. Finally, this episode, I'm super stoked about. Yeah. he's. Uh, I've been trying to get this man uh, on this podcast for a while now, and I just wanted to make sure the timing is right. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen, your mom's favorite grappler, Sean Ambrosino. No, definitely not. You, you said you're, you said your mom's favorite grappler, no. Gorilla Boy, Sean Ambrosino. No, you're your mom's favorite grappler. That's about it. But the world knows better. The moms of the world know better. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Tonin. You can't leave us. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, straight from the Northeast, your mom's favorite grappler. The biggest patriot. <laughs> that was my mom's favorite grappler. Yeah, he's, he's your mom's favorite grappler. He's <laughs> Son every mom's of a favorite bitch. <laughs> Mr. Gary Tonin. Mr. Tonin, pleasure to have you, sir. Yeah, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. I uh, know. I appreciate it. Listen, I know you got a busy schedule. Uh, I've been wanting to get you on the podcast. I've been bugging uh, Jeff for the longest time now, so I'm glad you could uh, come in freshly cut, smooth, and ready to rock. Here you go. Yeah, man. So how's everything going for you, man? Everything's going pretty good, man. Uh, you know, living in this strange world we live in now with COVID and everything, it's, it's, uh, adapting has been rough for sure, I think. Uh, but as I tell pretty much everybody, like I'm just happy to continue to be able to, to work and make money and everything. And, you know, most of the people that are, that are around me are able to do that. So that's also a good thing. And uh, yeah, I'm happy about that. So I'm just trying to keep hammering away at, uh, you know, competing in jujitsu and hopefully uh, fighting soon, you know, uh, travels banned to Asia right now and it's a little tricky. So uh, I fight for one championship. So 
it's been hard to get out there. They've been putting cards together with no audience the same way the UFC is, but it's tricky because unlike the UFC where they can kind of charter a flight and fly everybody out to one location, it's kind of difficult for one to do that because they only have a few uh, American fighters, you know? Right. So uh, it's hard for them to get around, you know, the rules the way that uh, the, the UFC has been doing it. So hopefully uh, they're going to be able to work something out. I think he told me October, September. So I'm still sparring every day, getting ready for that. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. If, uh, you know, if somehow it gets pushed back, then you guys are going to get to see me grapple again and, you know, whatever. Let's make it's a win-win for us. So well, and, and regardless, either way, you'll, you'll be able to do something after the election because that's when the cure will come out for the, <laughs> for the Rona. So that's so you won't have to wait too much longer, I don't think. But uh, I, I figure you're safe for now. They'll be all, they'll be all right. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I mean, I cross my fingers. I hope so. I mean, hell, ever, ever since this started, every day I wake up hoping that things are going to change for the better. But it uh, doesn't really seem like we're really headed that direction at all. So uh, you, I'm ho I hope you're right. <laughs> you guys were locked. You, you guys were locked down a lot longer than we were down here. Yeah. Um, sure. We we opened up uh, mid mid April mid or mid May. Yeah, mid April, early May. Mid yeah. Some we we started opening a lot earlier than you guys. So was there uh, was there anything you guys were able to do besides uh, outside cardio as far <laughs> as training? Yeah. So that's pretty much like everything that's allowed right now as far as like working out's concerned like i think everything has to be outdoors i think they're just introducing like a 25 percent gym capacity because there was huge fights going on between the uh the governor and like uh you know a couple gyms that were opening up there was somebody i forget the name of the gym but like they they were consistently protesting and kind of still doing their thing and the governor kept coming in and trying to shut them down and throwing them in jail and this that and the other thing you know, meanwhile, letting criminals out of jail because of COVID. But right. uh, <laughs> don't don't amp us up, bro, because we'll we'll be we're in there yeah. with you. Trust me. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, like, we really haven't been able to do well. You know, legally able to do much. Uh, you know, uh, outside of uh, just doing stuff outside. And then I think, uh, well, actually, speaking of doing stuff outside for for a meaningful period of time, we weren't even allowed to like go to parks and shit. Yeah. Like, it was it's so weird, man, the way that they did this. Oh yeah, like. Dude, like you'd see like random benches, like public benches, like like roped off, like you can't sit on the fucking bench, like some you're gonna get COVID from the fucking bench, like yeah. come on, it's not. Like, you hang out here more than like five that. minutes, you're gonna die. Keep well, moving. Well, well yeah, they did that to the beaches here, so like, oh, yeah. like what? Well, they closed for after a minute, they closed the beaches, and we were we were screwed. And I'm I'm I ride my bike. I live I live close enough to the beach. I, I would ride by the bike or by the beach every day. And all the benches were roped off with yeah. with police tape. I'm like, what, what, I don't I don't even get it. What like, are they this, trying to accomplish here? You know, I, like I, I just don't understand that at all. Listen, they, I said it from the beginning, and like, and Sean and I were always just saying stuff like, they have absolutely zero fucking clue about what to do. So when it no. first started, it was, don't you dare wear a bandana. Can't wear a bandana as a as a face mask. If it's not an N95 mask or something that you would see in a biohazard, like nuclear, like bomb, <laughs> you can't wear it. Now it's like, listen, get that thong on your face, like dirty <laughs> diapers. Care. It's all good to go. Cover your face. They don't yeah, care. they don't like, they have no freaking clue now, but you like, and one of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on the podcast for the longest time is you've been having to fight the craziest battles for way before even this started. Cause you had the issues with Rutgers and then you oh, had the issue yeah. with the gym. Can you yeah. kind of really fill me in on what the hell happened with the whole Rutgers thing? 
Dude, that was so insane to me. So, all right. Uh, there was a little bit of problems on both sides. I'm willing to, I'm willing to give them that. Uh, so I was coaching at Rutgers for a meaningful period of time. I want to say I've been doing it for over five years. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Like six or seven. I'm not hundred percent sure. Basically I've been coaching at Rutgers in their jujitsu club for ever since I was in college, like my first year. So I graduated 2013. So probably like 2011 was like when I was in there. So yeah, it's long time. Yeah. Um, so uh, originally I wasn't allowed to run the program. I think the first year there was some other random dude doing it. And then like the second year, so like 2012, I jumped in and like took over the program because like the guy just wasn't showing up anymore. And I was like, I'm kind of good at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back then I was a brown belt. I wasn't as, as well known as I am now, but definitely more so than like anybody else that would have been teaching the club. So I took over, I did that for years and, you know, had no problems for the most part. They bust our balls about, um, of wearing shoes on the mats and stuff, because yeah. I guess like, you know, wrestlers for some reason in their fucked up brain, they look at not wearing shoes as some spreading of disease. And it's like, <laughs> dude, like it's more than likely. As they, as they walk in from the, shoes. from the locker room after taking a piss yeah, and yeah. their wrestling shoes and let yeah. me walk onto the mat. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure your dirty ass wrestling shoes are somehow cleaner than my feet that have been inside my shoes all day long until this very moment when I go to step on this mat. Like, it makes no fucking sense. But for whatever reason, they, th you know, unless you actively had athlete's foot right then and there, like, there's no way that, it, you know, it would spread anything. But anyway, so we got into some battles with that. Eventually, that wasn't a problem. But uh, that was the only problems that I ever had with them. And then, uh, this most recent semester or like, you know, before COVID happened and stuff, I guess this fall semester or maybe, yeah, maybe it was that, or even the semester before that, maybe it was the spring semester before that. Basically um, our guys were having problems with the administration and they were trying, they wanted them to do these meetings, like, I guess for the clubs, like to let yeah. them know like certain rules, regulations, whatever it was. And like, you know, college students are busy, man. Like they got shit. They're taking their classes. On top of that, they decided to take on these leadership roles of, you know, running the club, right? So they want to be the president or the vice president or their treasurer or whatever the case may be. So like on top of the shit, their job, which is to be a fucking student, all right, they're taking on this additional responsibility. And instead of like, like making them feel good that they took on this additional responsibility and like encouraging the kids and like being happy that they did that, they make it like, you know, the, the third Reich and like, yeah. if they don't show up to a fucking meeting, uh, you know, uh, they're on probation or, you know, your, your practices are going to be canceled and this, that, and the other thing, if you don't do exactly what we need you to do, it's like, guys, like these guys got tight schedules too. Like they might not be able to make it on the Tuesday at 7 PM that you schedule your fucking meeting. They might have class. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So they were pulling a lot of that shit on them. And eventually, eventually they said like, uh, it was, had something to do with the treasurer. Like the treasurer didn't deposit the funds that he from the the club yet or something and uh basically because he didn't do that they were like okay we're gonna suspend practices or something and i was like hey like can you guys give me the number or email of the person that said they were going to suspend practices because that like affects everybody not just yeah. you guys you know in your situation and when they did that i was contacting the guy and he's like well i'm not going to talk to you because you're not the you know you're not the president or whatever the case may be so i you know I'm going to defer, you know, to them and, and we're working that out. Yeah. I was like, oh, 
I was like, oh, okay, no problem. So you don't want to talk to me. You don't want to fill me, even though this directly affects me, right? Yeah. So you're not going to have a conversation. Okay, no problem. So what I did was I posted online and I said, hey, uh, all the guys that train at Rutgers, and of course it gets out to all my following and stuff too, all the guys that train at Rutgers, um, here's the email of the person that's telling everybody that they're, that the club has to be canceled. If you're curious as to why the club is canceled, email such and such person. That's all. And then I the saw. internet. Yeah. Then the internet became the internet. Yeah. And, yeah, and of course, I was one of now, them. <laughs> no, now I know. I'm well aware of what people are capable of on the internet, and I'm sure that that guy didn't get nice messages inquiring about why club practices were canceled. I'm sure he got all kinds of terrible things. Now that's not on me. I that dude's got a public email. Anybody can get. Anybody that's in the true. Rutgers is a public university. It ain't private. There's nothing. Nobody's hiding anything, right? So I gave out the guy's email, right? And, uh, you know, they got all upset with me because, uh, you know, I, I posted the guy's email or posted online. I didn't say anything negative about the administration. I didn't say anything negative 100%. about Rutgers or anything. I just said, hey, guys, classes are canceled. I tried to mediate, you know, find out if for yourself if you want because I can't do anything. They're not willing to communicate with me. So, you know, I wanted to set up a meeting or something so that classes didn't have to be canceled. So then they get upset. They basically say that I'm fired to one of the, uh, one of the uh, guys that uh, was like a president or vice president. Or well, something. I, I, real quick there, were, were you getting paid? Uh, yes, yes, I do get paid. Oh, that's rad then. Okay, that, right. that, that sucks. That's, because... that's why, I mean, it's like, <laughs> But it was, it's not a large amount of money, like comparative to what I get paid for like teaching seminars and like doing privates and things like that. It's it's a little bit of, it's some percentage of what these kids pay in dues or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's not a lot. And I will say this, I'm supposed to get paid, but I don't think I had gotten paid for like the previous year up until that point. That's how much I gave a shit about getting paid from this. I don't care. Like, it's cool. Like it's all right. I'm going to get a little extra cash, whatever. Yeah. But like, honestly, like I hadn't even gotten paid for the last year that I had been teaching. So it meant nothing to me that I was getting paid. I didn't give a shit about that at all. I'm literally showing up there for these kids. Like, man, my schedule is crazy, especially yeah. at that time. All day, every day, jiu-jitsu. Wake up in the morning. I have a, uh, uh, teaching at, or sorry, uh, Tom, John's teaching at fucking like 8 a.m. Then there's a 1230 class. Then I got to do my MMA spar. Then uh, I got to go back and teach at my school. Then after I go and teach at my school, I go to Rutgers. That's like the fourth or fifth session of the day, yeah. right? So like, man, this is not for anybody but them. It's not for me. Yeah. I certainly would, would have loved to just jerk off at home instead of fucking teach these kids. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, I don't even know how you had to, you'd have the energy to jerk off after a day like, like that. But like, but like, exactly. But like, man, like, no, I care about like the kids and like, you know, their ability and access to have good jujitsu. Like, you know, I know when I went to Rutgers, there wasn't a lot of places for me to train around the area. I had a gym somewhat nearby, but it's not easy for all the kids to travel from school. So like, I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm going to, you know, run this program. I'm going to run it well. Like, I want to be yeah. there. So, uh, so they basically fire me. But again, no conversation with me, right? They were just yeah. like, they were just like, hey, uh, tell the guy, like, you know, he's no longer welcome or whatever it is that they, whatever it is that he said. So I was like, all right, I'm fired. Fair enough. Are you an alumni, though? Are you, are you an yeah. actual alumni from Rutgers? Yeah, yeah I okay. used to go to school there. I graduated in 2013. So uh, I was like, oh, all right, I guess uh, I'm fired then. So, you know, I made another post. Why wouldn't I? I'm already fired. What's the worst that can happen? I had to double fire me, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so I make another post. Again, not attacking the organization or anything like that. 
I just say, hey guys, here's the guy who fired me because this is the guy above the other guy. This is like an actual, like, um, you know, some coordinator of clubs for or recreation for Rutgers or something. I'm like, hey, here's the guy who fired me. And, uh, you know, if you, if you could send him something, you know, letting him know that, you know, about my character and that like, you know, I'm a person that you should have, you know, you don't want to lose whatever it is, right? Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because if, like, if, if somebody told me to yeah. do that, I'd be like, okay, I'll send him, and I'd send him that big black dude with the big black hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so naturally he gets all kinds of crazy emails or whatever, but again, I ne me personally, I didn't do anything wrong. All I did was say, could you please stand up for me and say, and, and say something nice about my character that would make him maybe change his mind about, you know, uh, uh, firing me. Because again, I'm not, they're not communicating with me. I was trying to schedule meetings with them. They had no interest in that, right? They, cause, and I get why, like I get that their side of it. Like they want these kids that took on these leadership roles to take the responsibility and to handle their shit. And they don't want me as the outside, you know, employee that they're hiring to be, to have to do quote unquote their job. Okay. So I get that. But at the same time, they are also kids in college. And like, this is a program that I care about. So naturally like I'm affected. So of course I want to like, there needs to be an interface where like I can also communicate. I'm not suggesting I have to do everything, you know, for these kids, but like, clearly there's something going on if you're canceling practices and then you're firing me and then this, that, and, you know, I need yeah. like, I need something, you know, cause this affects, again, it doesn't just affect the people that they're trying to hold responsible. These, these guys, it affects everybody in the club that paid for the club. It affects me. Like, it, it trickles down, man. It's like, yeah. listen, their kids are the ones you want to punish that irresponsibly handed the permission or whatever. Tell them they can't go to the club or tell them they can no longer have the position. That was my, that was the way I looked at it. It's like, how, how is this supposed to negatively impact me and all those kids that fucking paid to be there? Yeah. So these kids paid to be there and you're canceling practices because you don't like the way these other guys are, are handling their shit. Like to me, that doesn't help you solve your problem. That just makes a bunch of people suffer that had nothing to do with the situation. So I don't know, man. So then I, I go, you know, a third time and try to have like a, this finally they'll, they're agreeing to meet with me, but I meet with the, the guy, Pappas, who uh, I, I posted about or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but yeah, we don't want to have you back. You know, basically. He's like, he's like, yeah, I understand that there was no malintent from, you know, your posts or whatever, but, you know, I got death threats and I was afraid for my life. And yeah, he literally said that. He said, I got death yeah. threats. I was no, afraid for my that. life. I had to be escorted out to my car. And he made this big fuss about it. Like, you know, somebody was going to try to kill him or something because I was fired as a grappler. I mean, if he would have taken a jujitsu class, he wouldn't fucking worry <laughs> about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> just throwing it out there. So, so he genuinely, yeah, apparently feared for his life. Then, um, then what happened? So then I tried to, I was like, Hey, listen, you know, with all due respect, like, I appreciate you having this meeting with me and everything, but I'd like to, you know, talk to whoever, you know, your boss is so that I can like get some clarification here. Cause I really don't think this is fair. Um, so I go into that meeting with his boss, um, with the other guys, like the guys that are, uh, the, you know, in the leadership positions, like one of the presidents, vice presidents, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. And basically that guy like wouldn't interface with me even though i was there he was kind of like hey he was kind of like hey just so you know like this is their responsibility it's on them you know 
And I was like, okay, but I'm fired and I'd like to get my job back. So he's like, he's like, yeah, well, listen, we can't even have a conversation about that because now the club's on probation and, you know, we might cancel the club uh, because of like how things have been handled. So we can't have a conversation about you being rehired until we have the conversation about, you know, the club being reinstated and this, that. So he just deflected so that he didn't have to deal with whatever it was that I was bringing to the table as a genuine concern and basically just put it all on the kids and said it was all their, their fault and, and this, that, yeah. and there is blame. Like, I get it. Like the kids fucked up and like not doing things on time or whatever it is, yeah. but I don't really think it was handled in like a, a reasonable way. by the Well, you know, you know what it reminds me of? Did you, did you skate as a kid? Like were you a skateboarder? Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. So I wasted like, so many years of my life doing that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like you ever, do you remember, believe it or not, even though I'm close to 300 pounds, I was, um, what's that? Can you push it a little more so the, the people can see your bigness? Yeah, they can only see your mustache right now. <laughs> Does anything else matter? Um, this is what happens when Super Mario gets an allergic yeah, reaction. Yeah, and don't trim your own beard. Don't trim your own beard or else you end up looking like a big fat baby with a giant mustache. Um, but like, remember when you were skating as a kid and then like you run into that one uh security officer that took his job oh, way too harsh yeah. way too seriously yeah. Yeah. and yeah. it like it like it's like dude we're just skating we don't need to make this into a whole big deal we can leave yeah, or whatever these it, it sounds like the same thing is going on with Rutgers. it's but it's like what do you expect it's like they they have they have no real jobs yeah they're not real like you know what's funny is like the reason why i jumped on like so quick to to go and write those emails and defend you is because when I went to college, I ran the college radio station and like uh -huh. I had like one or two clubs and stuff that I started too. So I learned the hard way, the bullshit that happens in those colleges, like the, their student government organizations is sure. just as corrupt as any politician as you'll ever get. Yeah. If you look up Florida Atlantic university, there was so many just corrupt people running it at one point. They had the FBI do a, <laughs> an audit. I'm dead serious. You can look it up. Yeah. They had the FBI do an audit because they found out that the kids and student government were taking student money and donating it to have a, a mausoleum built in Boca Raton. And then they were taking like $20,000 so they could get like an oak wood like desk and stuff like that all put up. Like they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So sure. to get that money, they were screwing over our clubs and saying, yeah. oh, you guys are cut. You guys can't do it. So I had to deal with the whole same stuff too, man. So as soon as like I saw that, it was like flashbacks. Fucking now I'm like, oh, we got to fucking get this. So like, yeah. I feel your pain, man. And then sure. not only that, then you got fucked over with the new gym that you built. Yeah. Like what, what's that? What happened with that? So I was subletting uh, most of the previous place that I had, I was, I had like a, I was just renting a place, but this time I was uh, renting from somebody else who was renting, right? In case people don't know what subletting is. Um, so I moved to a huge facility. It's like 10,000 square feet. And I was subletting about 3,000, maybe 3,500 top square feet of that facility. So the main leaseholder was running a childcare business, uh, sort of like, I don't know. It was like, a, they called it a kid's play gym, whatever the fuck mm. that means. And, uh, <laughs> And then he was running like a karate studio, right? Um, so as soon as there was like whispers of the COVID shit, this oh, dude decides, 
to shut his shit down. He's like, oh, well, the schools are shutting down. So like, we think we should. So, and as soon as he did that, I was like, yep, we're fucked. Like, cause, cause I knew those businesses weren't like amazing businesses to begin with. Like I knew they weren't like pulling in boatloads of money. So like, I knew this guy wasn't willing to eat, you know, six months of fucking no, you know, of rent payments. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, if he's shutting down now, just wait till like they actually crack down and make us do it. Yeah. You know, then, you know, then we're really going to be in trouble. So sure enough, you know, a couple, few weeks later, he, he's uh, forced to shut down. We're all forced to shut down with the government and stuff. And then two months later, two months later, uh, you know, he's like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. We're yeah. going bankrupt or whatever. So uh, you got to, uh, you know, uh, you got to talk to the, the main landlord and see if you could work something out. And I did, and the main landlord just wasn't interested. It sounded like the, the main landlord wanted to use it as an opportunity to like level the place and like redo the whole thing. So yeah. like, he was just gonna like, I guess like, and I think a lot of people did that, that like had some extra cash on hand. They like, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll close down and then we'll like refurbish the place or something. So I think that's what this landlord used it as an opportunity to do. Uh, and he wasn't interested in having me stay. Um, but honestly, it might've been for the best. And the reason I say that is because I might've been stuck paying some lease payment for X amount of time and on the hook for that, whether it was probably at least two years personally guaranteed, yeah. if I had decided to enter into a new lease with that guy and who knows what could have happened. I could have got shut down like a lot of my other friends did by the government. And then, you know, now I'm also on the hook for rent payments after getting shut down. So not on top of losing all the the materials for building the gym and everything like that, which was in excess of at least like $30,000 um, in excess of that. Now I'm also on the hook for these rent payments. So, yeah. so in a way, despite the fact that it was a super shit situation compared to a lot of other people, I kind of got lucky or the business yeah. got lucky because now we're not on the hook for anything and I can just pay, I'm doing the zoom sessions and some people are still paying for that. And um, I have my stuff in storage so it's enough, I'm making enough that like, we can make a little bit like a, a couple grand each month to like save up for the next right. gym so that I'm not on the hook for these rent payments or I don't have to declare bankruptcy or whatever the case may be. So um, in a way it kind of worked out even though it's super shitty, right. but it, it still fucking sucks that we're in this mess to begin with and that we're still going through this and that like somehow there's just no change whatsoever. Yeah, you know? I mean like, especially with everything that's going on and with like New Jersey and New York, I mean, you guys are getting like the biggest shit end of the stick outside of California. Sure. Like Florida doesn't give a fuck. It's like, oh, hurricane, yeah, get back to work. You guys can do whatever. Like they really don't give a crap down here. So like sure. you guys are definitely getting like screwed over left, right, and center. But like the fact that at least you're staying positive on it is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, keeps me. Are you, well, here's a question: are, Has it everyone. has the thought <laughs> crossed your mind of a relocation? Oh, to another place for sure, man. I, we, we talk to John every day about like, hey, man, we got to go somewhere. We've had a lot of talks about Texas, but I'd consider Florida too. I like Florida a lot. Um, Listen, man. Stay. Stay away from stay away from our my neck of the woods. I, I already have a hard enough problem getting students. I don't need another. Dude, I'm, I'm not even kidding you. So in my, in where, where my gym is. Sure. I have... A fight sports with it within two miles of each other they're, they're big down there yeah i have a fight sports i have where i my my master where i got my black belt manny soares so like rodrigo mendez like like literally george george were were uh were alex trains george santiago it's like there's literally 
six or seven schools within a five minute drive of each remember other. Remember when you came down here for the Substars, and yeah. then like you guys did the seminar the very next day. There's like the small yeah. like uh, Hensel School. All right, between fight sports down in Miami, that school and where we train, there's probably a solid. 15 20 schools all yeah. within five ten miles of each other yeah it's just it's peppering and before it used to really be like four literally yeah. just four so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of funky so like that's why i'm saying like listen i would love to have you guys down here and i don't train everywhere shut up shut your face <laughs> let them let them let go to texas guy. fuck this guy all right go to go to, te go to texas you'll love it over <laughs> the west coast of florida Try the West Coast of Florida. It's pretty rad over there. Oh, the West Coast. He but says. it's funny because, like, we've been talking about it. Like, I mean, there's so many schools. And even guys like sure. Chewbacca was bringing, like, guys down here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's there's an Otto school now down in Miami. There's there's tons of, like, crazy, like, stuff going on. I mean, you guys know it from being in New York. You have JT. You have all these other schools down there. So, it's like, man, East Coast is blowing up with jiu-jitsu now with everything that's going on. Texas is blowing up. You have all the events. Like, would it really be for someone at your level? Like, you only have those two choices, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's ideal. The, the way that things look, like, I said this, like, months ago. I was like, the way that things look, like I said, it just doesn't really seem like things are getting better. And like, and like, hey, man, if this is how we're handling this now, is this setting the tone for how we're going to start handling everything in the future? Like. Yeah. Is, is this going to happen every time there's some sort of fucking virus scare? Because there's tons of them and we've never reacted this way in the past. And like now, is it going to happen every time that like everywhere is going to try to shut down? And like, if this is the way our states are handling it now, and that, and, and, and in my mind, I have to think about that being a possibility in the future all the time, that kind of anxiety, having a business and, and all those sorts of things. Like, man, that's, is that rough? Um, I will still open a gym, regardless of what happens if we all decided as a team to move to Texas or something, I will still open a gym in Jersey because I feel as though I owe it to my students to do so. Um, because I don't look at the money that I've made from that gym as like my money. That's like their, that's their, you know, gym, you know, they're, what, what the, what the hell is it about Jersey that Jersey guys are so friggin' loyal to Jersey, like Boston, <laughs> like, well, no, no, it's, it's different. It's on a different level. Like, like Kevin Smith lives in Hollywood, opens a comic book store in Red Hook. Like that's where like does like, it's all these guys loved. They love Jersey so much. And I don't understand. I've been there. It's a lot of dairy cows. What else is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the board. Okay. Okay. Wild I hated, I hated Jersey for a long time, man. Like I've, I've been telling my mom, like when I was young, real young, like 12, 13, I was like, I'm going to get the hell away from here. Partly because of her, partly because, <laughs> 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 partly because of, uh, uh, of just the state and everything, man. It's, it's, it's not the, I don't think it's the best quality of life in my opinion. Um, it's an interesting place. There's a lot of cool things to go visit and stuff. You got the beach and then you got New York and you got Philly in the other direction and, all these different things and different types of similar to California and that you have like different, um, you know, you're going to get a lot of different experiences. You have, like I said, you have the beach, but you also have like the woods and things like you got a lot of wildlife and like you just mentioned cows and farms and things are in certain parts of Jersey. So you got a lot of different types of places within one state, but uh, man, it's not for me, uh, especially, <laughs> the, especially the weather, man. Like I'm just, I'm just, just done with being cold ever. Like I just yeah. don't have any desire to do that 
Um, and I've lived enough of my life with seasons and I'm totally cool with, with getting rid of all the shitty ones now. Well, you know, like, Florida's got, Florida's got four seasons. It's, it's hot. green. No, it's green, green, Brains. brown, green. So those are, <laughs> those are the four seasons. The worst you got to worry about down here is hurricanes. Yeah. And old people and sharks Yeah, nah, and alligators. It's they interesting. It's interesting though with with the older uh, the older population that you guys didn't have nearly as many deaths um, with COVID because you know you should have theoretically with how many how much of a huge old population you guys have. Um, I think it probably must come down to density, and then the other thing was that we just basically murdered all of our old people. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we didn't, guys, we didn't, we didn't make it them quick. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's the funny part about the way that we look at Florida now. That, like, I'm, when I say we, I'm talking about the New Jersey's governor. Um, they're like, oh yeah, if you're coming from Florida or Texas, like, you know, you're gonna have to quarantine because those are high risk environments. I was like, oh, they're high risk environments, huh? How about the fucking tens of thousands of people you guys offed by letting people with COVID go into nursing homes and rehabs? Well, that's what, what about you guys, that? like the, was it New York where they, they had the nursing home where there was like the no, it was all filled of them. with dead bodies? Well, no, it was, it was everywhere and everywhere in the Northeast. Like, well, Jersey, Jersey and New York in particular, the, the governor said, hey, you, you got a retirement home? Oh, that's rad. How about you take some COVID patients? Yeah, yeah. No, we my, uh, my grandmother, before she passed, she passed recently, not due to COVID. It was something completely unrelated. She had uh, 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 surgery on her hip. She broke her hip. So they did the surgery. Um, there was complications in the surgery. She had like multiple strokes. So she was kind of like not really with it for the past year-ish or so. Uh, and eventually like the family just kind of decided like, all right, like, no, not really getting any better. What kind of quality of life is she really having? And, you know, we let her pass basically. But before that had all happened, she actually got COVID because of that. Like they let somebody with COVID into her nursing home and then a bunch of the guys, well, the people got it. She was, it was funny though. She shook that shit off in two days. She had like a fever for two days and no other problems, like yeah, no other yeah. symptoms, no one of my students. problems, nothing. Same and she thing. was like fucking 90 something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty crazy. Like she just laughed. She's like, yeah, fuck this. And like the people <laughs> I've talked to that have had it, that's what it was. It was, it was either like a, a, a week long of coughing and like not feeling good, or it was two days of fever and then they were good to go. I mean, yeah. I'm sure that I had it. I'm sure that I had it like early on in January. Like I, I was, no, his sure. parents, his parents yeah. went to China in Dude, December. I was mm. super fucked. I was like, they literally went to China in December did I tell you what happened? For like the whole time that they were planning that trip, I'm like, you better take fucking antibiotics with you. You better take a bunch of stuff because you're gonna catch something. Like, <laughs> they don't fucking listen to me. By, by the way, Gary, I was in this room and when he was sick, <laughs> ain't getting nothing. Dude, nothing, this huh? Guy has been patient zero for so many illnesses, <laughs> and he's the fucking asshole that comes up. It's like, it's just allergies. It's like, go to training. It's like, Sean, why aren't you training? My allergies are acting up. I know. Bullshit. Up. I train with my allergies. I train See with my allergies. Patient fucking zero right here. Don't bother me, none. Listen, real quick. We got to fucking fix this camera. I know, no do you not know how to lock this? Does it just, it just keeps swinging Sliding. over. It's like, this guy's too ugly. Slide over here. I was wondering what was happening. I'm like, man, they fixed that a bunch of times. I'm like, what? What is it that's making it go back to that position? No, you know what it is. It's a. It's one of those. It's a pro, like uh, tripod that I use for when I go film you guys and do all this other stuff. Sure. So it's got so many knobs. 
that if you don't uh, tighten them all up, it just starts doing whatever it wants. And Gary, the, the truth is, I'm just it. the talent here. I don't, I don't, you He's know. My intern. He's my intern. No, I'm the talent. And without me, you have zero credibility. <laughs> I'll take that zero credibility all day. Fucking A. So, all this shit going on aside, you still sure. manage to keep training. Yeah. You still manage to have probably what I think is, hands down, one of the most exciting grappling matches, uh, the one you did with Dante Leon, like, of the year, for sure. You guys fucking crushed it. Yeah. Um, what did you really do to, to kind of, I guess, modify your, your routine to make all this stuff happen? I mean, obviously, the legal way of training you guys been doing no, no, so so the way we go about this is is hypothetically, hypothetically. if you were if you were going to train during um COVID. during covid so if i was oj and yeah. i was talking about how i would feel <laughs> yes uh, if, yeah how, how, if you did it how would how would um, it have happened yeah so yeah so it, it definitely changed because obviously like the class schedule what couldn't be the same like you know we're not he's not teaching john's not teaching like multiple people so you know, it's, it's just like a small group or whatever that's able to train and, you know, it's just mostly professionals. So uh, it's a much, you know, in a way it's like tougher because now everybody that you're, you're never like training with somebody who's not like a professional grappler, right? Now it's like, it's the room is just full of guys that are, are there, uh, you know, full time. Whereas before, like, you know, if I'm rolling in, in the morning or afternoon, it's, yeah, it's drifting again. But if, I'm, if I'm there in the morning or the afternoon, yeah, uh, good. It's up to you. If you yeah, want to let fix me, it. Let me fix this fucking thing. I'll this, wait. I'll wait. This troglodyte over here can't even handle the tripods. What do you want from me? I'm, again, look, look, look at me. I'm built for destruction, not construction. This right here. I stick, stick to my statements. Look, I even gave you extra camera space to, to, I need it. to handle all that hunky. All right, so continue. Nice. My apologies. Um, so yeah, so we like now every round is with somebody who's like doing this for a living. So, uh, it's, it's a lot different because before you could have like, you know, a round in between with somebody who's just like a recreational guy who does it as a hobby and, you know, maybe take, not necessarily take the round off, but it'd be a little bit of an easier round. And in some ways it's like tougher for training because um, it's harder to like hit new material sometimes when you're just doing matches with guys that are really tough, unless they're also rolling like light. So in that way, it's like, it's been a little tough you know, but I'm a very experimental kind of grappler. So it's fine for me. Like I just, I just get the shit kicked out of me. If I want to try something new, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> but it, it has been a little tricky. Um, and you know, you have, we had our, our run-ins with, you know, Craig and, and Gordon getting uh, COVID and stuff. Um, so that uh, guy, Craig, Craig seems to have problems, dude. Right. Is it Craig, Craig, Craig Jones? Yes. Right. Did, it was it, wasn't wasn't that oh, patient wait, zero at ADCC? Oh, oh yeah, I no, the pink guy situation. I I'm not sure if he well at ADCC he might he he got it super late actually. Craig Craig got that that's probably why everybody thought it was like a big deal from him because I think Craig didn't get it until we were like already out there. The pink yeah. guy. Uh, I'm pretty sure Taza was the first person in our gym to get it. I could be wrong. But yeah, um, and I think before that, the actual real, the, the first gym that got it was, I, I think, Atos. Because I yeah. uh, originally they made an article and they erased it real fucking quick because, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, the guy here? Hinger, yeah. Because yeah. Hinger released an article and in the article it had an old photo of Hinger with the fucking infection. Yeah, right? and then Keenan got it. 
Yeah. So, but then they erased that fucking article. So it, it didn't seem like it was linked to their team at all. And then they made it seem like we as a team somehow just gave it to everybody else. And we were like the fucking, you know, dirty team or something. But, That's because you know, you're some, you're a group of dirty bastards. But again, what- just like, just like with your situation, guess who didn't get that shit? This <laughs> Listen, Never had we, it. we need to snag some of that, that tone and blood. And I was training with those motherfuckers too. Did just nothing. I didn't get it. I don't know. Don't know. My eyes are, are fucking invulnerable, I guess, sir. I mean, I remember from like, I mean, seeing you guys at ADCC and I remember all that stuff going down and it's like all the craziness that happened like backstage and everything. I mean, Craig was just, but when Hing- Hinger got it and Keenan got it and those first photos, I remember the photos you're talking about. I think I, I'm sure it probably still have a screenshot of it. I mean, everybody's eye was just fucking... Yeah, like that, like they're like they're like it's at seat and season, and they're they're pulling up to the smorgasbord. It's like it's a shit. It was definitely a shit situation. I mean, apparently that's a. It's like a very serious thing when if you don't have access to doctors and stuff. Like, uh, apparently it's like the one of the uh, causes of blindness, like in the world, like with 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 people that don't have access to medical care. So it can be serious, like if you're not you know seen by doctors and stuff. It's from poop. (laughs) <laughs> you get pink eye for poop. Like, so I got, man, I'm telling I got you, stop. if that's where you get pink eye, man, maybe that's why I'm invulnerable because I've been fucking eating ass for so many years. <laughs> and that's what I'm telling you. Hey, that's listen, what I'm listen, saying. You're you're off the market now, evidently, right? You're you're on lockdown. Oh man, I am for now. We'll see how it goes, man. Um, I don't. Right. I, it was an interesting situation, dude. I started seeing a chick. Uh, her name's Olivia for a little bit. She's like a cool chick and. Uh, I was very much against the idea of getting into a relationship, but it was like, not necessarily getting into a relationship, but a monogamous one anyway. I'm a big fan of like having sex with multiple people. That's, that's really nice for me. I really like that. <laughs> it's a big part of like what makes me happy in life. Right. And uh, yeah, so that was like a big deal breaker thing for her. And like, I like, you know, spending time with her and stuff. So I, I wasn't really ready to let that go. And uh, we'll see how it goes, man. You know, I, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I hear if you're in a different time zone, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. You know who? So Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay has got a perfect thing for this. Just so you know, he goes, he used to tell his girlfriend, he would say, look, I get off stage at 11. You got till noon to get here, till midnight to get here. And they would be in like California. <laughs> what's, that, uh, what's that? The band, that fake 80s band? Oh, uh, uh, Panther? Panther? Uh, no, no. Steel oh, Panther. Oh, yeah. Panther. Steel Panther, baby. Yeah. Woo! That's, That's like, the shit. Eating ain't cheating. It's <laughs> beautiful. That's so, so funny. I thought it was, I mean, like, listen, all props to you, man. Congratulations. Because I know, like, that stuff is, you know, especially for for the posts and stuff that you made, that that's came from the heart. So, like, that's that's yeah. pretty dope, man. So, best of luck to you. But I know, mm-hmm. as soon as I read that, the first thing that I thought of was just, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi is, like, Red it's what? like a million souls like screamed out in pain and then Why? suddenly he's got Why did you want to fuck him? No, I'm saying listen man, that's a sexy man right there. Well, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm like, saying you know how many ladies are like son of a bitch. <laughs> son of a bitch. The best is the conversation that I had to have with John immediately after that that happened. <laughs> yeah. Fill, fill yeah. us in on He this said one. some things that I probably even on your podcast like or like any podcast period I couldn't repeat. Um more than likely because it would not only get your podcast shut down, but I'd probably never grapple again. Uh, John would never be able to teach again. So uh, I'll guess I'll just, uh, hmm, how can I, how can I make this like semi-appropriate or at least give people the idea of what he said? 
Um, so basically, he sat. Do it in a movie, like it, it, it was if it was a movie, like a movie that's similar to what he said. To what he said, that normally works, like a plot, mm -hmm. a movie plot. Debbie does Dallas. No, no, like <laughs> I don't know if I, I don't know if I can find a comparable movie. John is a very one of a kind individual. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty tough, but uh, I basically got a long spiel about how I'm a fucking idiot and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a, a pussy and a fucking weak. Uh, minded person forever, ever thinking that it would be a good idea to uh, to monogamously subscribe to one woman. So uh, yeah, uh, let's leave it at that. Let's say that that's what happened. Um, and then, man, oh, after the after I posted the thing where I was playing the guitar for her and stuff, he was just like, just so upset. Like, yeah. I, by the way, if any of my friends post anything of them playing guitar for their girlfriend, I'm gonna give them shit. Yeah, I'm gonna give them shit. I mean, it's 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 it, 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 it's a moral imperative. To yeah. Give your boys shit when they play guitar for their girlfriend. John, John took your man card. Oh, for for sure. Like I won't have it back until we like the relationship's over for sure. Or or John, you're married. John looks at it like this. Oh no, even even then, that's, that's <laughs> it would be far worse if we were married. Oh my god, it would be. You're done. So John John looks at it like this. He says that there's really only four outcomes um, for relationships. He goes, the first is that. You're, and it's like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen, well, of course, I'm sure at some point in time, I could be wrong here, I don't know, the axis of a graph, right? Yeah. Yes. You have- The so hot have, to crazy, the hot to crazy axis, there's- No, 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 I'm not even talking about the hot to crazy one. So we have the axis of the, gra axis of the graph, and we have in this quadrant over here, we have like positive, positive, right? Sure. And then in this quadrant over here, we have like negative, negative, and then positive, negative, and positive, negative, right? right? Okay, so these are, those are the four out potential outcomes of any given you know, uh, line or whatever. So um, that's the way he looks at relationships. So it's like the first one is like that you guys are both faithful, right? So like, okay, he goes, great, tie, boring. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck wants that? And is that a like, positive negative or where no, is that's that? The, that? That would be either the positive, positive or negative, negative, depending upon how you look at it. Okay. Um, so, all right, good, fine. You're both faithful, tie, boring, whatever. Who gives a shit? And then he goes, and then he goes on the other side of things you have, um, you know, she cheats and you stay faithful. And he's like, fucking devastating loss. Yeah. He's like, you, you just, you literally couldn't lose in a worse way. Like you gave up everything and she fucking didn't give up anything and just continued doing whatever she wanted to do. The next, the next possibility is that like you cheat and she stays faithful, which is fucking great. Like that's a solid win. I mean, you get everything, <laughs> you, get everything you want in every direction. Like that's just, that's just great. Right. right. And then the other possibility, the last possibility is of course that you both cheat. And then it's like, okay, well at least you both get into fucking bang tons of people. So that's great. Yeah. Right. So um, in his eyes, when you look at those four possibilities, like the only way to win is if you're cheating. Like you never, really, <laughs> you never do more than tie. You never really do more than tie if you're both faithful. <laughs> Look, 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 look. What what was the movie? It was there was a movie. Okay, White Men Can't Jump. Okay. Did you ever see White Men Can't Jump? Yeah, back in nineteen eighty five. Sometimes you win. When you win, you lose, but you actually win. And sometimes when you win, you actually lose. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. <laughs> 
That's Rosie Perez. You got to hear it. You have to hear it in a Puerto good. Rican accent, yeah. like a New York Puerto Rican accent. It's so much better than my. I'm sure Rosie Perez definitely laid yeah, it out better. Yeah, you know what's great about that movie is you see Rosie Rosie Perez's tatas so in it. They're she like so she got them milky hangers. <laughs> they're like they're they're like the weird like like they. You know what, what I'm talking about. I have about. no clue what you're They're talking about. They're like orangutan titties. Do you realize you're <laughs> referencing boobs from, like, 1985? <laughs> like, I mean, that's when you know you're getting old. By the way, this we're really not a jujitsu nerd co- yeah. podcast. Like, I'm like, hey, how did you go to that 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 one inverted <laughs> heel hook? Yeah. And, and uh, we'd rather, like, we're more interested. Like, the, the question I've been asking all of our guests, you know, our, our esteemed, our uh is I asked them what have they been watching on Netflix during the COVID? What are like the three things oh, you've been watching? Dude, I just watched something fucking great. Okay, it's not on Netflix. It's I think it's like Amazon Prime or some shit. It's called The Boys. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I just, yeah, dude. I just, September I September twenty first comes out the second. So game changer. I just started it too. I've been binging it all week. I was like, this is where I do like all my office work. So I have it right now on Amazon Prime when it switches. How? Are you still in season one or two? Season two dude, hasn't I, come out yet. I just, I just watched like three episodes yesterday. Okay. I, okay, dude. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, all right. Also, I'm a comic book collector. Okay. You, are you a comic book guy? Can you let him finish the boys story? <laughs> well, he just thought, he said he watched the boys. Uh, here's the thing. It's about the boys. Right. We're sticking um, with the with the subject. Okay. So I wouldn't necessarily call myself a collector, but I do have comic books. I've okay. read comic books. I'm not like a. I never like followed one like super hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yourself a favor uh-huh. and read the boys' comic because this is all based on a comic book. Sure, the comic book is so much better than the show. I'll bet it's, it's not. It's not even. It's not even funny. Yeah, but the show and the show's fucking great. On a scale from one to ten, ten being most likely, how likely are you to actually going to go and read that fucking comic book? Uh, yeah, exactly. Why? Here's me? here's what I'll say. The only reason that it's now likely is because you just asked me that question. <laughs> so now I kind of like have this intrinsic like need spite. to like go get them now, just despite that <laughs> no, that I it. wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? So it's like what are you, what, what are, are you are you insinuating the man doesn't read and that he's not an intellectual? No, you dirty you, you you are. This fucking guy. So all right. So the boys, listen. Yeah. I'm on episode eight right now. Okay. It fucking gets good. Dude, it sets the tone right in the beginning when the girl when he's holding his girlfriend's hand. Oh my god, dude! When that happened, I knew. I knew. I was like, this is gonna be beautiful. Fucking in. This is a fucking work of art because, man, like I'm just so sick of all the fucking bullshit, man. Every fucking movie, every fucking show is the same fucking overplayed shit over and over and over again. And when that happened, I was like. Oh, they aren't playing by the rules. <laughs> there's, there's no fucking rules in this fucking TV show. Yeah, this is going to be great. So then what are the two other ones? Sorry? What are the two other shows that you've been binging as far as, like, during this whole COVID stuff? Oh, if I could uh, – I recently watched – I wouldn't necessarily say I'm binging it, but I recently watched um, uh, was some show where, like, the devil came back to Earth. Uh, Lucifer, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, Lucifer, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't think it was it, it wasn't mind blowing like the boys. The boys. He's a great fun. character though. That Lucifer character is a great character. He's yes, fun. Yeah. It's really it's it's good. Um, trying to think. If there Did was you try movie. Umbrella Academy? Umbrella Academy. Uh, I I tried a couple episodes. I yeah, it's, it's like hit or miss. Some people like really it, some like, didn't. 
I, I'm not saying I didn't like it because I think I was only like half paying attention. Like I was either fucking when I put it on or like something was Netflix something else was going on and I wasn't like fully into it, you know? Right. Um, so yeah. So wait, so because I was Titan, I fucking killed. I killed that thing real quick. That <laughs> I fucking love. Um, but that's kind of old now. Right. Um, I'm trying to think if there was any other what's, big ones. What's your favorite all time movie? Dude, I hate fucking when people ask me favorites. Yeah. Okay. So let's say it's such a it's such a commitment. It's like yeah. it is. Like, it I'm is. Say this thing and then forever, you know, somewhere That's on it. fucking Wikipedia, on Gary Tone and Wikipedia, <laughs> like favorite movie, whatever I said in this podcast, and it might be, and people are gonna judge me so hard on that. You Beach, it was it was Beaches with Bette Midler. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably Debbie Does Dallas. Um, <laughs> Classic. Dude, speaking speaking of that, we'll talk about. My, I'll, I'll pick a favorite movie in a second. Yeah, but yeah, speaking yeah. of Debbie Does Dallas, so, bro, I when I was younger, uh, I was probably let me see, like somewhere around like fifteen, sixteen, whatever, when I first got access to like internet pornography, right, where we had like a computer at home where I could go on and I could start fucking like looking up porn. But even then, it was kind of hard. Cause my fucking computer had this big glass window behind it. Right. So it was like a sliding door that you would go through into your backyard. So like, dude, there's like multiple windows plus a sliding glass door. I had to like cover up with curtains and like close all the windows and bolt my fucking front door and shit. And like, just like it, when my mom would come home, she'd be like, why is everything? I'm like, Oh, I'm afraid somebody's going to break into the house. You know? <laughs> so, so I used to have to cover up. But anyway, uh, but anyway, for, for, for a meaningful period of time before that, I was like searching hard for my stepdad's fucking porn collection. I'm like, I'm like, there's no way, like he was, he was a very polite, like the, I never heard the dude fart. <laughs> he's a very polite, he's got a great sense of humor, but like the, all the things that are like vices for like certain people, like it's hard to find him in him, right. you know? So I'm like, I'm like, I know he's a great guy, but like, there's no way he doesn't fucking watch porn. Like, I'm like, there's no way he doesn't have magazines or movie like DVDs. At least a, at least a playboy. At I least a playboy. Skeletons, old Even man. if he's not fucking actively watching it, the motherfucker has to have it somewhere. Right? <laughs> like, I know it. So I'm looking around, I'm looking around and uh, I would fucking look everywhere. I just couldn't find anything. Right? And then one day I'm, I'm in the fucking, uh, uh, one, I'm not going to say specifically because God knows, who knows, maybe he hides it in a similar location. So I'm not going <laughs> to But one day I finally fucking got my hands on this shit, dude. But one day I finally fucking found the DVDs and one of them for sure was Debbie Does Dallas. That was my first fucking nice. intro. That's the only reason why I really know what Debbie Does Dallas is, is because I finally fucking found my- Did you invite any friends over to watch it? Were you that- were no, dude, there was some, some great content in his, there was multiple, multiple DVDs and like some great fucking Bush content because I mean, you just don't really see that anymore. So that's some classic shit. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was good. It was that's good it. to like, it's like throwback experience to porn, you know? Five out of five. I would, well, I would visit again. <laughs> well, I, unfortunately, that for, see, you had a, an advantage that I didn't have. Like I had to watch Scramble TV. Oh yeah. And then, and what would happen is every once in a while, the scramble would freeze and it would yeah. freeze on a, like a, like a titty. You go for that knuckle dance. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, you'd have to, but, but the coolest part is, is you would get the, you would get the sound. Like you would get the sound, but you wouldn't get the picture. <laughs> yes. So like yeah. it worked, it worked, yeah. you know, I, every so often, must have, 
must uh, must have been tough watching porn before the movie pictures came out. Oh, uh, dude, like, like, no, like, I had to. I used actual, like, I, I had to get find magazines. actual magazines or or get this. There was a our our VHS stores used to have those beads oh, yeah. Yeah. that nice. we would go behind, and and my Secret my rooms. stepdad every once in a while would tell my mom to rent a porn, and then. If, if they, I was like, oh, you know what? You guys should go get some lunch on Saturday or something. Why don't you guys take a fiver on, on Pops? Here's a 20. <laughs> so, so speaking, speaking oh, of DVDs, though. Yeah. What's up with the new DVD you're working on? I saw you post that you're working on some new content. What you got going on? Yeah. So uh, the next DVD is in the works. Uh, I've been thinking about it for a little while. I don't produce nearly as many as uh, like John and Gordon and those guys do. Most of the reason was because like I was kind of enveloped in my MMA career. So I was more focused on that. Uh, but that's been on hold for a while. So I, I kind of wanted to get back in, into uh, doing the DVDs and stuff. And everything that I do is kind of just trying to work into some sort of a niche where somebody hasn't quite done it before. Um, because I'm it's like I said before, when I said I enjoyed the boys, like that, that is so unique to me, like that concept for that show that it like, it's exciting. Right. And everything else just kind of seems like fucking boring old bullshit. So like when I produce something, like not only do I want it to be good content, but I want it to be like a different perspective than like what other people have done. And like, obviously I learned from John and I'm in the room with Gordon. So like, we have a lot of similar ideas and things like that. So I always wanted to try to find ways to maneuver myself in places where they hadn't done anything yet. Um, so the first DVD was Submission Escapes because like no, no, none of them had a, uh, covered that at all. Like yeah. They did the positional stuff and most of the stuff was all based on attacks. And I felt like that was like a niche where honestly, like there's, are, where there's some Submission Escapes out there. Yeah, where there's some DVDs, yeah. But I don't think anybody really dedicated a full yeah. DVD to it because let's be honest, when, when Jiu Jitsu was first uh, developed, there wasn't much of a need for it, right? Like the only person that was going to submit you was in your training room. Like most of the guys that were training jujitsu to do MMA, like it was enough to just know jujitsu. Like nobody was going to put them in an armbar. They were the jujitsu specialist fighting the karate guy or the boxer or whatever the case may be. So getting out of an armbar wasn't a top priority. They didn't give a shit about that. They we worried about finishing the armbar, right? So for years, submission escapes just were something like, man, to this day, even to this day, after I released that DVD and, and in today's jujitsu culture, I still run into people who tell me like, oh yeah, I got caught in a triangle the other day. And when I asked my coach how to get out of the triangle, he just said, don't get put in the triangle. Yeah. And like, and from a perspective of the average person who just wants to learn self-defense, I actually kind of get it. Like I actually tell my students, I don't teach submission escapes that much at my school because nine out of 10 of you or more are just here to learn a little self-defense and like get in shape or whatever. How the, why would you need to learn how to get out of a fucking armbar? Who's going to yeah. put you in an armbar? Nobody, only people that you're training with. And I don't give a shit whether or not you beat them or not. I give a shit whether or not you can defend yourself in a self-defense situation. So I, I'm not really concerned with that. It's the least of my concerns. Um, so I felt like that was a really underdeveloped niche market was the submission escape DVD uh, exit the system. Um, now, so is that, is it? Gary, just real quick, is that because you you get asked about it so much? Because you have one of the most famous escapes, submission escapes of all time. 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a piece of it. I knew that I could market myself well because I had had done some uh, really high level submission escapes at a, uh, in competition. But another part of it was, is that's something that I made like a super important thing for me. Now, I just said it's not a really important thing for the average person that does jujitsu to learn submission escapes. I would st I still agree to that to this day. But for somebody who expects to get to a high level in jujitsu and a high level of competition, I think it's extremely important. All right. Because all the people that are going to be potentially able to beat you, that's how they're going to beat you. Right. And now saying it's important seems obvious. Okay. But what most people do is they get to a certain level and then they're beating up most of the people that they're training with in the gym. So they really never get put in any bad situations. Yeah. Like hell, some of them don't even, aren't even really getting put in pins, much less fully locked out arm bars or triangles or anything like that. You're usually one of two or three other dudes who might be black belts in your gym that are competitive, you know, unless you're in one of these big name schools that have, you know, fucking 20 different black belts that are like high level competitors, which is not, that's not most schools. So most of these guys go through their average training day, never getting put in a fully extended arm bar triangle, et cetera. And uh, I just felt like that was uh, something that was, was important for me as my own, uh, for my own development, because I wanted to be untouchable. I wanted to be put in a situation where no matter where you put me, I was going to be able to recover. I could be down by fucking 37 points and put in a fully extended arm bar and I could come back from that and then submit you. Right. And that's what I really wanted for my jujitsu because when you have that, when you know that there's no real risk, yeah. what we do doesn't seem so crazy anymore. Right. If you feel like you're very good at defending submissions, it's like I got in a match and I expose my back. Oh, who gives a fuck? I'm about to roll into a leg lock and break your fucking leg in half. Well, I mean, oh, well. even the, the ADCC match that you had, was it with, uh, with Mateos? Like, right? Oh, oh, oh I was We're like, I mean, that, that was probably like being there and watching in person and watching you go like full Superman mode and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It's like, listen, if that doesn't sell like the DVD on how to get out of a guillotine or something like that, I mean, nothing will. I was like, and it's a hundred percent. You're that's, I mean, I have the DVD. I love it. Like I have to constantly go back and kind of get reminded on the different little techniques and stuff. But I mean, it's you're a hundred percent right. It's such a weird niche that like, I think was it it was Kurt Osiander that that made the the whole meme. Yeah. Like, Don't you know? You <laughs> fucked up a long time ago. Fucked up a long that, time ago. That doesn't fucking help me, bro. Sure, so, sure, sure. Like I mean, so I dig it. So then, what do you plan? for this next niche to be like yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna get there we'll go okay, I'll, 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 I'll lightly touch the second one and i won't go as hard as i just did in the first right. one. <laughs> so the second one the second niche that i saw was uh in the stand-up over yeah. for jiu-jitsu because traditionally jiu-jitsu stand-up is like you learn a single leg or a double leg and like an arm okay. drag and like and that's pretty much it like yeah. nobody really explores like First of all, nobody really explores like high level jujitsu or wrestling or sorry, judo or wrestling, unless they came from that background already. And then the second thing I'll say is they only look at it from that dimension. So they only look at it like it's a judo match or they only look at it like it's a wrestling match and rarely does it get integrated as a cohesive part of trying to win a jujitsu match. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm going to use my wrestling to take the guy down. But there's so many opportunities that are exposed by trying to take someone down or trying to defend takedowns for submission holds that I was like, let me make a DVD where I talk about how you could go from the standing position right to submissions as quickly as possible. And when a lot of people hear that, they only think about like flying submissions, you know, they think of like flying triangles or whatever. But it's not even just that, like, man, I could take you down from a double leg and as you turn, like I could put a take your back, like 
those transitions are just so important to have on point. You don't want to be, you, want, you don't want to be unsure of what to do next after you take somebody down. It should be immediate. Like it should be the next chain in the, the same way that you aren't unsure of yourself. When somebody gets out of a triangle, you're going to go to the Uma Plata or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So that was the next niche. And now this last one that I want to do, I feel like we have all these subsystems, by the way, that last one was called shoot to kill. That was my, uh, uh, scramble, uh, scr- I think it was called wrestle scramble submit was the tagline on that one. Um, the last one, um, is really about taking all these subsystems. Okay. So we have like the, uh, front headlock system or Kimura system or triangles or the back system and this, that, and the other thing, and trying to integrally connect them. Okay. Leg lock system, all of those systems and try to connect them. I'm not hundred percent sure what I'm going to call it yet. Okay. Uh, I've got a bunch of different things floating around in my head and I don't want to brand it to you guys right away because you know, I might change the name. But the idea is, is to link the subsystems within, uh, within each other. So you know how to navigate from front headlock to the back. So you know how to navigate from the back to front headlock and vice versa. Because what I find in jujitsu is, and I tell this to my students all the time, a lot of them ask me for like advice in terms of like developing a competition game. And the first thing I say is what submissions do you actually finish people with in in training? Like, what do you actually get on, on people that are like decent in training? And usually people are going to answer one or two things, especially as a newer student. I got a guillotine and I got an arm lock, Gary, or I got a rear naked choke and I got a heel. Right. They don't have 57 submissions that they're actively finishing people with on a regular basis, because it's really hard to get good at that many things all at once in your first year or two of jujitsu. You're going to fall in love with one thing naturally that actually wins you or actually gets you submissions and you're going to run with it, right? So for competition, that's what you should do. You know, when you're training, whatever, experiment, obviously. But when in competition, it's like, okay, if I know this is the way I'm likely to submit somebody, let's focus my game around this. So what I want people to be able to do with this next DVD is I want, if, if leg locks are your thing or triangles are your thing or arm bars are your thing, I want you to be able to go from any other submission subsystem to get there. I want you to be able to go from front headlocks to triangles. I want you to be able to go from the back system uh, to leg locks. Like I want there to be a synthesis between all these subsystems so that, that people understand it's like, it's not just an isolated thing. Like these are all happening at once and you can change from one to the next and keep that submission threat going the entire time. So I'm seeing a cover of a DVD. It's you in a business suit at a, at a business table and behind you is a big sign that says synergy. Yes. <laughs> and exactly. it's and it's it's like done very 80s style and it's like you know like those 90s 80s 90s videos synergy no okay go go kick rocks and flip I didn't, listen, I didn't say you look you give me a look it doesn't matter just, you give me a look i'm letting you be free bro it's it's a free country you well, you, you explore <laughs> so so you're you know what? <laughs> I didn't even say nothing. I didn't even say shit. So, all right, hold on. So, Listen, your silence says enough. Uh, yeah, right? right? <laughs> Jesus. As the, so, as the world of Instagram would say these days. So my question, and obviously observing you guys and being around you guys, with all the DVDs, you guys are putting out the content. Granted, there's probably a couple of things that, you know, you guys don't really show the world on the DVDs that what you do in the, in the, in training, like even coming in and hanging out with you guys, coming in to, to watch you train with like Gilbert and stuff like that. Um, is it me? And it's not trying to like trash talk, but 
it seems like being the top guys, you, Gordon, Craig, like you guys have the toughest job trying to get competition or trying to get someone to agree to something and say, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because when we first started doing everything, they just tried to discredit us as a whole and like just tried to make it like, oh yeah, I'm not going to fight those losers. Like, you know, what have they done in the jiu-jitsu world? Like this, that, and the other thing. And like, now we have the accolades. So it's like, there's not, not much yeah. they can really say there. Um, especially Gordon, you know, um, but, uh, you know, now that we're there and we're cemented, it's like, oh yeah, no, we just, we don't want to fight you now because, you know, we, we know we're going to get fucking submitted. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, they won't really necessarily come right out and say that, but like, that's essentially what the deal is or they'll ask for so much money that, uh, the match will never happen because, you know, the promoter is not some fucking wealthy billionaire or whatever the case may be. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing, man. So that's part of the reason we, we continue to have such eccentric, uh, you know, social media personalities and do the things that we do with call outs and stuff like that too, because this is kind of our way of generating that enough energy to get things going, man. You know, um, sometimes, you know, people like to believe that they're not pressured by, you know, what the rest of the world thinks and what, uh, about them. But man, they are, you know, believe it or not, you know, you yeah. put enough, you put enough thoughts in enough minds and somebody gets enough DMs about, Hey, how come you're too much of a pussy to fucking fight Gordon? And before you know it, it wears on you and wears on you. You're like, All right. I guess I got to fucking fight him or everybody's going to think I'm a fucking asshole. So you do know? you have so. someone like particularly that like you feel is ducking you? Ducking me. Um, let's see. So I mean, I'll I'm up. not trying to get any call outs or anything. I'm just seriously like, looking to see who the fuck wait 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 before we get oh. into that before we get into that I, somebody somebody i need to explain somebody needs to explain something to me because this is jujitsu right uh-huh. there what the worst thing that can happen is is you get submitted or or you're dumb and don't tap you're okay if you're dumb if you're dumb and don't tap that's on you it's a different level for them you're talking like money like if you if you're on a losing streak, you're not gonna get as much money on a thing. Like not you guys, but like honestly that- though, you know what's interesting? You say that I don't think that happens that much in the jujitsu. Yeah. Like in the MMA world, I would agree with you. I'd be like, man, you gotta be real careful about the fights that you pick because you go on a losing streak, you lose two fights, nobody gives a shit about you. Everybody thinks you should retire. That you know it's terrible. But in jujitsu, man, I really don't think it's like that. I think yeah. you can a- go out AJ there and AJ lost a shit ton of matches, and people still book him up. At the- I'm just saying. I'm not sure, but yeah, they, they still. I've see seen. It. I've seen it with my own two eyes. Him lose a bunch of matches. Not that I'm. Not that. Look, I'm a. I'm a 47 year old about to be two straight black belt. Okay. I, I. I know I'm not on anybody's level that's making money. Okay. Yeah. But I've seen him lose. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like, it, 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 and that's not me saying anything. I just, I've seen AJ lose more than once, uh, multiple times. Yeah. So, and he still gets booked at the top of the card a lot of times because of his personality and because of what he brings to the table. Yeah. So it can't, it, it's not, it, it's not, I don't think it's money. I just think it's ego. I think it's a lot of it has to do with ego and they're afraid. Like, look, I would, I look, I would, I would go against any of you guys and get worked quickly, but who cares? It's yeah. fucking jujitsu. You know, Jay, do you know Jay-Z Kamakante, Gary? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Jay, that's Jay-Z. Jay-Z's like, what's the worst that can happen? You know, I get submitted. He's like, what's the big deal? It's, it's jujitsu. You don't win every time. Yeah. So it's like, he, I, he I don't. Wins every time. No, he does not. <laughs> I, Gary is great, but, 
But because, he does not win every time. Uh, no, and I'll, I'll, I'll prove that point right here. So the only jiu-jitsu statistics that are out there right now, as far as I know, is BJJ heroes. Um, I, there may be some independent person keeping track of statistics that I'm not aware of. I know John does some weird shit with statistics, but God knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, he's always fucking rattling off st- stats, and God knows if they're correct or <laughs> I have no idea what he, whether he's doing actual studies of things or if he just says it just to cement whatever it is that he says. I have no idea. But anyway, uh, they're the only open public organization that I'm aware of that are keeping jujitsu stats, records, et cetera. Uh, It's not perfect by any means. You know, uh, it seems kind of arbitrary what they count as like a match or or not or a win. Or sometimes they'll say something's a submission or not a submission when it clearly is. Like they have this thing with EDI overtime where like if you submit somebody EDI overtime, somehow it's like a decision or like it's not a submission win because it wasn't like in the context of the match, I guess they got enough flack from like, you know, crazy Brazilians that, you know, uh, yeah, that they didn't want to put those as submission wins or something. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I think my record on there is like 23 and fucking like 65 or something like that. Or, or, you know, sorry, I won 65 matches, lost like 23 of them or something like that, right? Right. So like you hear a record like that in like fucking, I mean, it's still, you know, obviously like two thirds of the matches or more I'm winning. But um, you hear a record like that in like boxing or something, you'd think like somebody's like kind of washed up, yeah. right? Um, you don't get these like, with the exception of like maybe Gordon, like I don't know what his record is on there or whatever the case may be, but you don't get these like crazy fucking like long undefeated fucking fighting streaks. There's just too many fights in jujitsu. Gordon's, Gordon's like the Goldberg of, of grappling. Why? Goldberg, Goldberg had back in WCW back in the day. Oh, that Goldberg. Goldberg, Goldberg, the wrestler. He was undefeated. It seemed like he needs, but like, well, he was undefeated, and 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 Gordon seems to have that that little. But I guess in jujitsu, like, if for, to your point, it's you're you're as good as your last match. So even if you have like three or four losses, people still remember the really really good matches. They don't really care about like the last loss. Yeah. But I mean. You're well, look, constantly uh, competing. It's like, oh, well, how's he doing now? It won't matter. Yeah, he he's got a he's got a a, a tape. He, look, look at this friggin' ADCC match. That should get him on any card on the planet. Yeah, that's, regardless that's exactly, of his win loss. That's exactly it, and and that's what's beautiful about what I do. It's like, dude, I could lose every fucking fight, and people would still want to hire me because sure, they know that it's going to be a great show, and people are going to want to see it. You know what I mean? It really wouldn't, it wouldn't make a fucking difference. Um, and that's, I honestly think that's a, a part, part uh, responsible for that is my, my uh, personality and like the way that I train and stuff. But I mm-hmm. also think that a part of that was John uh, instructing us as to the difference between a professional athlete and an amateur athlete. And that a professional athlete is responsible for being that entertainer. Like yeah. you, you have more to it than just how you do in the competition. Like winning is only a piece of it. That might be one thing that attracts people to you, right? Um, but there are many other things, personality, um, you know, social media persona, whatever the case may be, like the kind of stuff that Gordon does, so, you know, uh, being the heel, for example. It's show, it's show business. You guys are yeah. in show business. Exactly. So because of those things, like, yeah, whether I, whether I win or lose is not necessarily fully consequential to whether or not I want it. I'm going to be wanted on a card or not. You know, which is which is beautiful. I think about uh, about what I do. I I, I come from the pro wrestling where I, I did pro wrestling before I found um, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I was I did it for like twelve years before that. 
had a bunch of tryouts with WWE and stuff like that. But cool. what what it comes down to is, and it's, it's this: there's not enough of it. You guys put it put it put it back in or put it into grappling, but sure. it's it's drama. People want to see drama. They either want to see they want to see good versus evil, yeah. and they want to see they want to see good prevail. Okay, so he's talking about being the heel. People either want to see them get the heel. They either want to see the heel lose, and they want to see the baby face win, which yeah, is the good guy. Yeah, but sometimes they want the heel to succeed. Very rarely. Very rare. Sometimes a heel becomes so bad and so good at his job that he becomes loved. The hero. That's, yeah. that's, that's the difference. Yeah, it does happen. I, I really like the way Chael Sonnen put it once. Um, Chael was talking about on his podcast, he said something about – uh, he was in grade school or something, and one of his teachers had said, uh, you know, when you're telling a story, you need, like, who, what, why, when, where, and how. And, like, that's, that's what a performer needs to sell to, you know, their audience. And if you can answer those questions, like, more than likely they might be interested in, in uh, watching it, right? Like, you need that information or it's not that meaningful unless you're like a super fan or a super nerd or something like that about the particular sport, then you're interested no matter what. And we know we got them, them on the hook. Like they're showing up just to show up, you know? So it's not, we're not worried about them. We're worried about the average guy that's going to like, you know, maybe have a beer with his friends and be interested in watching a jujitsu event. And hopefully we get there, yeah. you know? Um, but we're only going to get there if we're able to promote like that. We're not just going to get there by being completely quiet, never saying anything, yeah. just showing up for your jujitsu matches. It just doesn't work that way. You're not, you're not going to get it unless you shoot your shot. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll continue to have a sport that's just – that it is only a spectator sport for the people that are involved in it. I forget what you call that when uh, it's just a sport where the people that do it are the only ones interested. But, yeah, um, yeah. And we would really love to move on from that because, man, these guys, people put their heart and souls into this, man, and it, it'd be great if they can make a living off of it. And the, the, the further we go with that, the better, I think. You know, so – so what about uh, MMA then? So what's your, your plan as far as your MMA career? Granted, obviously you can't have any fights right now with one. Like yeah. what do you see as your, your goal moving forward with that? It's tricky. I mean, the original goal was to like have as many fights as possible. Like you get my experience up. Cause that's the biggest thing I'm lacking. Um, you know, like actual cage experience, you know, now I've had like a decent amount of experience, not a crazy amount, but a decent amount of experience doing like shoot boxing and sparring and stuff. I'm doing it all the time, every day, really trying to catch up on lost time because I started doing this when I was 26 and there's guys in there that have been doing it since they were fucking, you know, 15 or something, you know, actual MMA. Um, some of these guys. Um, so, uh, you know, and have full amateur records and like, dude, I have five fights, you know, it's not a lot. You know? Total. You have five yeah, fights total. total? Yeah, total in MMA. As a professional, I've never had an amateur fight or anything like that. So that's like, that's it. That's all I got from experience. So I really want to keep pushing the envelope on that whenever things uh, get back up. And that's like the first, that's the first objective. But like the, in terms of like the actual goal is to try to be one of the best mixed martial artists of all time. Like I want to set, I want to trend set for MMA the same way that I trend set for jujitsu. And, you know, the same way my team did that. Um, and, and in a way, my team has already done that in the sense that, you know, uh, John used to work with George St. Pierre or well, still works with George St. Pierre, but, um, you know, obviously he was one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest, in my opinion, he is. Um, so, uh, you know, in a way he's already done that. I think he changed the sport in so many ways, but I want to be one of those people as well. You know, I want to take it a step further. I want to do what George did, except for on a much higher level, integrate submission skills. 
Um, I think there's very few athletes um, that are doing that, especially with a variance of submissions. Um, and I could definitely do it at the bare minimum with leg locks. I think I could make that, I could be like a new, a new age Paul Harris, you know, and really start to bring a submission threat back to, uh, you know, the UFC or, or one or wherever it is that I may end up. But, um, you know, I really want to cement myself as somebody who changed mixed martial arts or changed change the world of mixed martial arts. You know, what would be your, just go ahead and dominate the conversation. That's fine. I didn't have yeah, any yeah, questions. No problem. What would be your ideal matchup to showcase your your skill set or really who you are and cement your spot? Like if you could say, if I get this fight, I'll win and it'll cement my spot in MMA. What would your dream matchup be? Uh, um, so it, basically you're saying like anybody that exists in MMA yeah. right now, who would I anybody want? Anybody active right now that you know would be your the catalyst to really finally get what you want rolling with MMA? Well, uh, so first of all, it's a tricky thing because I don't, ne I don't necessarily think there'd be one victory that would do what I really was just suggesting to you there. Mm. Uh, I think that it would take a career of accomplishments to be that like game changer. Because you can come on and I have a few fights. Like, let's say I only had like two or three more fights or whatever. And people would be like, yeah, like he had potential. Like, yeah, like he was good. Like he did some really interesting things. But I doubt people would be like, he, he was the greatest ever. You know, like you need, that's the difference between somebody who's great and the greatest ever, I think is longevity, right? Like you're able to like do it for a really long time and kind of maintain that position and continue to change the sport. Um, so I don't know if there's necessarily one guy, but if I if I could hypothetically compete against one person, it would have been George St. Pierre. Of course he's on our team. So I would never do that. Um, but that would be in my eyes, the best matchup because you know, to me, he's the greatest of all time. So to fight the greatest of all time would be fucking amazing. Do I think I'm ready for that right now? Probably not. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think any, any given day I could submit pretty much anybody in the world that's relatively reasonably within my weight class, but that doesn't necessarily mean that like nine times out of 10, I'm going to beat them in a fight. You know, so I'm, I'm not where I think I need to be in my development right now to genuinely stand up and say, I am the greatest of all time. Anybody that stands before me stands no chance. And that's what I want to be able to say, you know. Um, so there's going to be a series for for one. My biggest call outs, I would say right now is Martin Wynn because he's the champ of my division. Uh, then the champ of the division above. I'm not 100 percent sure right now, but one fight I want before the champ. Well, actually, I think it's, uh, what's the kid's name? The brother of uh, Angela Lee, Christian Lee. I think it's Christian mm -hmm. Lee. I think he's a 70-pound champ, so I'd like to beat him. But before I beat him, I, I want to have a fight against Shinya Aoki, whether he's the champ or not. I want to have the actual fight against him because he, he was willing to have a grappling match with me. I think it's only fair that now that I've had some experience in MMA that I cement that victory with another victory in, in uh, mixed martial arts. And even if I don't, I think he deserves the, I think he deserves that match, that matchup uh, to, to, to fight him in what he's best at, you know? Um, and I think that'll be big, you know, it's a big name. He's, he's accomplished a lot in the sport, even though he's, he's in one now and not, uh, you know, uh, the other organizations that he's worked with. But um, I think um, those are some big ones within one's organization. Uh, I'm not really sure you know, where I would go after that, maybe trying to go down to 45. It's possible. It's a really hard cut for me at one. 
Yeah. New 45 in, in UFC, it's reasonable. In fact, I would definitely be fighting 145 if I was in the UFC. Yeah, it's uh, just the one has the, the whole weight cut, the hydration. Yeah. Really, really, really hard uh, yeah. to cut more than like seven to 10 pounds. Even 10 pounds is like a little bit high, I think, to really do that under their rules. So it's not like Khabib who's walking around the 200 and fighting 155. You know, that's Jeremy Super uh, you. So, tough. so. Uh, here's what I was going to say is your team, you and your team have definitely changed jujitsu. Like that, that's, it, you guys changed jujitsu bottom line. It's like, uh, so I have no doubt that that's, that you'll do that in MMA. My question, my question is, do you, are you afraid of falling into that Ryan Hall area where nobody wants to fight you? Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I will. And I'll tell you why it's not going to happen because I'm going to make sure that it doesn't happen. Uh, first of all, uh, I'm going to be 10 times more marketable than Ryan Hall is. Um, I'm, I'm already, in my opinion, more marketable than he is. And I don't mean that as a shot at Ryan. Um, he's a good guy. Like, you know, I've spoken to him before. Uh, we've never had a match before or anything like that. Um, but I just mean that in the sense that I just genuinely believe I, he has a personality. Don't get me wrong. I think I do a better job projecting mine to a public audience. Um, so I'm just going to be more valuable to the organization so much so that the onus is going to be on the people that have to fight me more so than the onus is going to be on me. Does if that makes any sense? Yeah. So yeah. like for, for Ryan, like, it's like they're trying to find people to fight him and like, eh. It's like, yeah, we, we want him to fight, but like, how much? Like, yeah. do they, how much do they care about the fight? Well, right, he right, right. Of, he just dropped out of the fight against the uh, llamas. Yeah, they're going to be making people fight. Yeah. They're going to say, listen, you're fucking fighting this motherfucker. Yeah. You don't have a choice, right? Um, and uh, uh, I won't run into that problem with one either, by the way. Uh, that's another reason. That's, that's another reason uh, why I uh, started working with one is I genuinely believe that I won't have a prop. Like they're going to, if, if someone says, Hey, yeah, I'm not interested in fighting Gary. It's not even going to be a conversation. They're just going to be like, okay, well then fuck off. Yeah. You no. Know? And I don't mean that like that's <laughs> Chachri would never speak that way. But <laughs> what I mean is, is they're not going to like accept that as an answer. Yeah. Like, right, right. Not, it's not how they do business. No, they're they're just going to be like, listen, man, you're here to fight. Like if we tell well, you, it's, Gary, like it's it's an Asian that. organization, so there there's there's more of an there's more of that that honor aspect to martial arts, I would assume. Yeah, it, it, they definitely look at it that way. Like they look at it like if you're not going to like fight who we ask you to fight, like I mean, like, what are you what doing are, here? What are we here for? I don't understand. No, we thought you wanted to fight. Yeah. You know, they, so I really don't think I'm going to run into that problem with them because I think there'll be such serious consequences for whoever tries to say, no, I'm not going to fight him, um, that they're, they're, I'm going to get my fights. So, uh, you know, and if we're projecting that at some point in the future, if I was ever in a different organization or something, um, I, again, I think I'll be just far more marketable so that it just won't be a problem. But I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe I, one of the things I'll say that, uh, again, this is coming from Chell's podcast, which I haven't listened to in a while, but I used to listen to all the time. Yeah, yeah. I really think one of the things he does really well, you know, you speaking from your professional wrestling background is he gets that element of it, like this entertainment element of it. And he, he might not realize it. I'm sure he does, but he, people might not realize it, but he is putting 
for people that fight and want to make money and fighting, whether it's jujitsu, MMA, whatever, he is giving you fucking golden information about how he did it and how other people are doing it. Because well, he, he's the one that started the whole super fight yeah. thing. That's that's because of him. Yeah, it's it's he has experience doing it, and he's talking about it actively all the time. Like, hey, here's what so and so is doing with their image. They just dropped this video. Yeah. And this is why this person's marketable and this person's exciting. And he talks about these things and it's so important to have that understanding. Um, but anyway, uh, sure, sorry, I have lost my train of thought where I was going no, you're with Gail said, but, um, but, oh, because the, basically what he, he suggests is, is like, yeah, the organization you're working for is the promoter, right? Like it's their job to like, to like make the fights happen and this, that, and the other thing and promote the events. And, but Hey, anything you can do to aid them in that process is money in the bank, yeah. right? Like don't, he says like, don't wait for them to make the fight, make yeah. the fight. Like you be the, you be the person that chooses your career. 10 times, or sorry, nine times out of 10, if I already make a fuss about fighting someone, the organization's just gonna be like, all right, well, I mean, he already started promoting it, may as well. People yeah. are already interested in it. Why would they waste their time and energy trying to promote something else? So, yeah, I mean, I think I'll always be of that mindset that like I'm in charge, I'm in the driver's seat. So like, if I want to make something happen, I'm going to try to make it happen. And, and that's how I'm going to prevent that from happening. It's your fucking career, man, for sure. Yeah. Listen, I know it's getting late, man. Um, I want to let you go. I, I'd have like a million and one questions I'd ask you anyway. So, but I appreciate you taking the time out your busy day. Yeah. You just finished training too. Um, Anything you want us to push out for the DVD, bro, as soon as it comes out, trust me, we're going to be pushing it out for you too. So Great. anything we can ever do for you, man, please don't be Thank afraid you. to reach out. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, no, nothing crazy to plug. You know, like I said, going to have that new DVD out there. Please buy the previous two. If you, if you get a, a, a chance to, um, I working with CB distillery, uh, it's like one of my main sponsors. Um, so, you know, all of their products are available to you, uh, either via their website or you can link up through my social media stuff. Um, you know, other than that, I got my own brand cash chicks championships that I'm always pumping up. That's where this you know, mom's grappler hoodies yeah. coming from. And we got some t-shirts and stuff out there. We're really trying to kick off the merchandise there a little bit more, um, you know, with that brand. So, you know, check that out. And then other than that, I would say, uh, if anybody's interested in sponsoring me as like an apparel or a mixed martial arts or really any other type of sponsorships, you know, we have a lot of availability open. I've kept myself open from uh from apparel sponsorships for a long time because i was pumping out my own stuff with cash chicks championships and things but uh i'm definitely open to opportunity so if anybody out there is interested you know hit us up um and then you know when the world opens back up of course private seminars etc uh toning seminar at gmail is my like kind of work email for all that stuff so are you still gonna do the 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 zoom classes now like so someone could hit you up right now and say i want to do like one-on-one -on -one, like training with with gary so I haven't done any online stuff like that. I'm a little wary to do that because uh, of the possibility that somebody could be like film it and then right. like post it somewhere or something. So I only do it with my own students because I trust them. Gotcha. I probably shouldn't. They're a bunch of dirtbags. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I do the Zooms pretty much just for my students. If, if the right opportunity came my way, it's possible I would consider doing a Zoom session uh, with somebody who wanted it, like a Zoom private. But uh, I'd have to talk. It would be an individual situation. Gotcha. All right. Well, Gary, appreciate it. Uh, anybody that's listening right now, follow Gary. We're going to have all the links for everything on the description of the podcast on YouTube and everything. So you'll be able to click it. Um, 
Listen, man, all I can say is thank you very much, man. Glad to finally get you on here. Anytime you want to come back on, you, the door's open for you here. Awesome. I had but, a great time. But Florida's close to you. Remember that. <laughs> no problem, man. Awesome. I won't be, I'll only, uh, I'll, when, I, when I finally film my first uh, jujitsu porn instructional that I'm going to teach, I'll do it in Florida, in Miami. But other than that, I won't work there, okay? Right, we'll get you, we'll get you a <laughs> Pornhub like, sponsorship. Let's do it. What, how does that music go? I don't know. I, there's a music. To, what do you want from me? There's a music. Right, Gary, to I'll it. let you go, brother, man. I appreciate everything. Have a good night, man. Um, and hopefully we'll talk and catch up again soon. Later, guys. Thanks, Thanks Gary. How fun is that? How cool is that guy? Yeah, it's fucking rad, right? Yeah. Dude, he's one of the most hilarious. Every time I've had the opportunity to hang out with, with him and uh, Gordon and, and their manager and uh, dude, they're freaking hilarious. They're freaking hilarious. And it's actually really cool, too. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to hang out with them when they're, like, getting right ready for for a match and stuff. It's so cool. It's so cool to watch their process and stuff like that. So, no, thanks again to Gary for being on, man. We appreciate it. Thank you for being cool with all the technical difficulties and everything that we yeah. have to deal with. Um, I know that's not the, the, the most uh, – non-annoying thing to deal with uh, after a full day of training and everything else that's going on so we appreciate it um as always don't forget to check us out on social media follow us on instagram follow the youtube channel this weekend we will be pre uh presenting live streaming and commentating the king of combat tournament so don't miss it it'll be on fight tv it'll be on our youtube channel our facebook channel is going to be everywhere you are not going to get rid of us this weekend Follow Jiu-Jitsu Radio. Follow me on Sunder Marketing. Don't forget to follow Sean at Gorilla Boy BJJ. And uh, other than that, I think we're solid, man. That was a, that was a good podcast. That's yeah, fun. I, I, dude, I love when we have guests. I really do. No, I do too. I, hey. It's just it sucks that we always end up having – the only time we have technical difficulties is when, when we, we have, have guests. Somebody. Yep. Like it, but even if they're here, not so bad. But a second, everything would be working perfect because I was working on this setup for the last four days. And sure enough, fucking something always happens. It is what it is. It's the life it? on the farm. Was it the Murphy's Law? Murphy's Law, yeah. Fucking Murphy. All right, guys, thank you very much for all your support. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. You can't <laughs> Here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I.